What's up, homies? Welcome to another episode of the Homies Real Estate Podcast. This is your host, Anthony. I'm Angel. I'm a realtor. I'm a lender. And together, we're going to break down this crazy real estate market. We got a really, really good podcast for you. So last week, we went over how to purchase a home with an FHA loan in 2022. So it's only right that we look at the conventional loan this week. So we got Angel. He's a lender. I'm going to give him a array of questions he's going to answer them for us so angel first things first what is a conventional loan yeah so last week if you guys listened in fha was a government insured loan right it was backed by the government conventional is not backed by the government that's the big difference Mm -hmm. so it's pretty much you're you're lending your money through the bank and through the guidelines that are actually put out by different agencies gotcha um, okay fannie mae and freddie mac uh, don't want to get too much into detail in it. Uh, we'll, you know, that's just it's just a separate loan product that's pretty much not backed by the government to keep it in simple terms. Okay, and then you know, there's two forms of conventional loans, right? There's a conforming loan and a mm-hmm. non-conforming loan. Correct. Can you explain the difference? Conforming are what they usually conforming usually means that they follow the rules set up by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and non-conforming means that they do not necessarily follow those rules. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much general idea. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too much into detail cause it can be quite extensive, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a general idea of, uh, what's conforming and non-conforming. Okay. And then mm-hmm. typically non-conforming loans are also those type of loans that are higher than the loan limits set by specific counties. Mm-hmm. So for Los Angeles County, the loan limit, for instance, for a conventional mm-hmm. loan is 970,000, yeah, $800 for a loan amount. So anything higher than that would be considered mm-hmm. a non-conforming loan. Uh, we'll go into more detail about it later, but this is something I just wanted to bring up quickly in the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Angel, what is the minimum down payment for a conventional loan? So the minimum down payment for a conventional loan is 3% down, right? Okay. Um, that program specifically, 3% down conventional, is for first-time home buyers, right? Only? Only. First-time home buyers, okay. right? FHA, we mentioned it's everyone calls it a first time home buyer program, but it's not necessarily just for first time home buyers. For the conventional loan, it is for first time. That is for first time home buyers, right? I think if you haven't owned a home in the last five years, you considered again a first time home buyer, if I'm not mistaken. But if you own a home and you want to move on to purchase another home, you cannot, you cannot. Um, sell that home and then purchase the next one with 3% down. It's going to have to be at least 5% down. Same thing if you're selling your property and you want to purchase another home, you do not have to put 20% down. A lot of people think that once you buy your second property that you're going to occupy, that you're going to live in, you have to put 20% down. That is not the case. You only have to put 5% down um, towards your new home purchase. Gotcha. And that is if you're living there. Right. And that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So for a primary residence, if you're a first time home buyer, 3% down is the minimum down payment for a conventional mm-hmm. loan. Angel, what is the minimum credit score required? So the minimum credit score on a conventional loan, usually 620, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that it doesn't really make sense when you have a, a score that low for multiple reasons. Interest rates extremely high. Okay. Um, the, the, the guidelines that we we're talking about with those with those agencies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, we have they have an automated it's called an automate, automate, automated excuse me automated <laughs> underwriting system. Yeah, pretty much it's a computerized system. We run your loan application through and it lets us know if everything we put in your loan application is correct. If it's going to approve your loan or deny it. When you tend to have low credit scores, mm-hmm. it tends to not approve it. Gotcha. Right, so it makes it a lot harder. 
And then usually it wants you to have a higher down payment to in order to get it approved or months of payments saved up in the bank. A lot, it makes it very tricky, right? So usually what tends to be a score, a good mark is 680. Mm. And then I even like over 700, over 720 is golden. Like 720 is- Seven, good, So good, 720 good and higher, you're pretty much high tier. Yeah, you're good. I mean, 740 is kind of like that top tier. 740 and above is awesome. 720 is really good. Over seven hundred, it's good. It, you know, no, no complaints on that. Six eighty, it's it's still it's doable, but you know, and it's good, just not as good as obviously seven hundred. So one thing with the conventional loan, it's very interest rate. Or excuse me, um, credit score dependent, right? Mm. So the better your credit, the better your interest rate, the lower your mortgage insurance, things like that, which we'll get into more detail right now. Gotcha. Okay. And then what does that debt to income ratio look like that's required for the conventional loan? So a conventional loan basically allows you to use up to 50% of your of your income, right, towards towards your debt. Gross right? income or how? Gross income, okay. right? What's so, a, what's gross income again? So gross income is if you're a W2 wa- a W2 wage earner on your taxes, obviously you don't take home what you earn, right? All of your money. Uncle Sam takes his cut and then you take you take home after you take your home, you take home your money after that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not in this case. Now the bank doesn't look at what you're taking home. It looks at what what shows on your pay stubs as your gross income. Gotcha. Right? So pre-tax. So pre-tax, exactly. So let's say you make ten thousand dollars a month. You can use up to five thousand dollars a month, uh, up to five thousand dollars a month in debt, right? Or towards your debt, and that's going to include your mortgage payment. If you have car payments, credit cards, student loans, person personal loans, anything like that. Gotcha. Perfect. That helps us angel a lot. So mm-hmm. let's talk about mortgage insurance. It's obviously a lot different than the FHA loan. Correct. Can you explain what mortgage insurance is and how it's different? Yeah. So mortgage insurance is going to depend on different factors. I kind of briefly touched on it a little while ago, and that includes different factors such as your down payment, such as your credit score, such as your debt to income ratio, all those things are going to dictate how much you're paying mortgage on a, uh, how much you're going to pay on a monthly basis in mortgage insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my way that I like to compare it to is um, if you're looking at car insurance, that's always my go-to comparison. When you're shopping for car insurance, if you have a perfect driving history, no, you know, no tickets, no accidents, no DUIs, nothing like that, you're going to get the best, and you have a driving history, you're going to get the best. Um, you know, ins- the best uh, rate. rate, right? Mm-hmm. The best insurance rates for cars. Mm-hmm. Same thing for mortgage insurance, except they look at your your worthiness as far as when it comes to purchasing a house, right? So you have higher credit scores. That means, you know, you're going to have a cheaper mortgage insurance. If you put 5% down, your mortgage insurance is going to be more expensive if you put 10% down, right? Um, not, not, a, not a huge difference, but there is a difference, right? Um, along with your debt to income ratio, if you're if you're borrowing against your absolute max maximum, you're almost at 50% using all your debt are your possible debt to qualify, then your mortgage insurance is higher as well. So all those factors are are considered when looking at what how much your mortgage insurance is on a monthly basis. Gotcha. And one thing to consider mortgage insurance tends to be when you have good credit scores, not tens, it is a lot cheaper than an FHA loan. Gotcha, Angel. And then, you know, what is mortgage insurance? And then when is it applied to a loan and when is it removed to a loan, removed from a loan? So mortgage insurance is really a monthly payment that you have to pay to the bank. You have to pay every month on your monthly mortgage uh, your mo- for your monthly with your monthly mortgage payment when you don't put 20 percent down on a house. Right. 
And it's an extra fee that, to be honest, doesn't do anything for you. It protects the bank and not you. So what happens is if you default on your home, it's basically ensuring the bank that this mortgage insurance company is going to pay you back the money that um, the money that it's old. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. On the, on the mortgage. Gotcha. And then this is considered private mortgage insurance. Correct. So FHA has mortgage insurance premium. And then FA and then conventional, excuse me, has private mortgage insurance. Um, so we go through private and mortgage insurance companies. Gotcha. And then mm-hmm. how is this mortgage insurance removed for the conventional loan? Yeah, so there's a couple ways to remove it. You can refinance to remove it. That's always an option. Um, another way to remove it is by um, once your home builds enough equity, you can call your mortgage service provider and mm-hmm. let them know, hey, I have 20% equity in my property. I would like to know what steps are taken are going to need to be taken to remove your mortgage insurance. There's a few different ways that every mortgage insurance company does it. Some require an appraisal. Some may have some value estimator on their end that they review it with. And if they see that, hey, the home clearly has 20 or they even like 25%, like it's even better, mm-hmm. then they'll remove it fairly quickly. Usually if you try to remove it within the first three years, they're going to want to see 25% equity. Yeah. But it depends. I've had clients who they only had their house for a year or two and then they called and they got it removed. So it, it, it just, every mortgage service provider does it different. Gotcha. Absolutely, Angel. So now let's talk about the pros of the conventional loan. Name mm-hmm. a couple pros for the conventional yeah. loan, Angel. So it's a low down payment requirement, which mm-hmm. is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the mortgage insurance is cheaper for the most part. It all depends on your credit score. If you have that 680 or better, it's definitely going to be cheaper than an, than an FHA loan. Um, tends to have a cheaper payment, especially when you're doing 5% down and you have good credit scores, you're going to have a cheaper payment maybe by a couple hundred dollars compared to an FHA loan. Yep. Um, less strict with property requirements, so that's really more towards um, the appraisal. The appraisal is less strict. They're not as as um, detailed mm-hmm. during their inspection compared to a FHA loan. Yeah, I actually want to talk about that real quick, Angel. So if you're looking to purchase a condo or a townhome, and I know mm-hmm. we touched on this in the last the last podcast with the fha loan it's going to be very difficult to qualify with the fha loan just because an entire complex right will need to be fha approved now you mm-hmm. can do something considered a spot approval which which means you can uh, approve an individual unit but it's a more complex so most of the time most uh, sellers and most realtors just prefer to go a conventional loan route yeah for townhomes and condos so just mm-hmm. Keep that in mind if you're going to not look at True. a primary residence because a single-family residence, like a t- traditional house, it's relatively easy to qualify both conventional and FHA. There's yeah. very minor things that are are different in regards to the guidelines. But then when it comes to townhomes and condos, it's a lot more difficult to go the FHA route as opposed to the conventional route. Mm-hmm. Angel, talk about the last one you were going to say. Uh, so two more. Uh, one, it does, uh, again, we, you do not need to refinance to remove your mortgage insurance, which is critical because if you get a really good interest rate, right, and then you have enough equity to, to refinance in the future or to remove the mortgage insurance in the future, mm-hmm. you got to keep the same rate you have at the moment. Yep. And you don't have to use the rates at, at the mm-hmm. time when you, when you want to remove your mortgage insurance. Yep. So right now, rates aren't beautiful. I think they'll get better in the future, to be honest with you. But anyone who bought their house in the last, you know, two years, your rate's probably phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not going to make sense for you to refinance or remove your mortgage insurance, the payments won't make sense. The good thing is if you have a conventional loan, you don't have to refinance. So that's that's a great thing. Um, and then the last one I want to touch on is conventional offers are the offers that sellers want to see, mm -hmm. right? So FHA, not that they're against it, not that it's impossible to get an FHA offer accepted, but if you put in the same offer, apples to apples, everything equal, one's just conventional, one is FHA, they're going to take the conventional offer, gotcha. I would say, at least 90% of the time. Yeah, right? I'm glad you brought that up, Angel. So let's talk about the tier of what sellers prefer in mm -hmm. an offer. So highest tier, an all-cash offer, right? There is no loan contingency or appraisal necessary, mm -hmm. so it's very easy yeah. to make to push the deal forward. The next highest is going to be a conventional 20% or, or higher down payment mm -hmm. just because they're extremely well qualified. Mm -hmm. There's less likely for something to come up for the buyer to not be, become qualified and be able to move forward with the property. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, it's going to be conventional anywhere mm -hmm. between 5 to 19% down. The next tier is an FHA offer slash VA offer. And then the next tier is going to be a down payment assistance offer. Uh, again, there's down payment assistance programs that allow you to come in with much smaller down payments, but it's very, very difficult to get those offers approved in this market. Mm -hmm. And then the last possible tier you can have is going to be a buyer that needs to sell concurrently. When I, when I mean sell concurrently, it means they need to sell their home in order to purchase at the same exact time. And there's so much that can go wrong in that situation because not only you have to worry about your escrow, right, and qualifying on your end, but then you have to worry about the buyer for your home and making sure that they qualify. And if for some reason they're not able to move forward with your home, then of course you're not going to be able to move forward with yours as well. So that's kind of the tier for what sellers prefer. Yeah, no, Anthony's spot on. Um, so those are all things to consider. You know, it's it's unfortunate sometimes, you know, actually Anthony texted me yesterday about a client who's looking at down payment assistance. And it's not that me as a lender, I'm against down payment assistance or, you know, us as as your agent are against down payment assistance programs. Mm -hmm. It's just it's not the market for it right yeah. now, right? So that's just the truth. And uh, in this market, you just got to be very, very competitive so, you know, if someone's coming a down payment assistance, the truth of the matter is it's going to take a long time for the most part to get your offer accepted. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not to say that it can't happen. Exactly. Because I've had some clients who have been able to get in with down payment assistance, whether it was with us or not with us. Yeah. So, I mean, nonetheless, if you are if you have the ability to get a pre-approval letter and a legitimate one, um, I would 100% still try to mm -hmm. go out there look at homes and for some reason you're not able to get any uh not able to get a home with the down payment assistance at least in that meantime you're saving up to go in fha or conventional three percent down um angel let's talk about the cons to the conventional loan yes so some cons rates are always going to be higher in a conventional loan compared to fha right which is that's just what it is um higher credit scores needed just how we mentioned it's very credit um, credit score sensitive or credit score dependent with your qualification and interest rates and all those things. Um, overall, you just need to be a more qualified client. You know, usually you need to have a little, you know, lower debts. Again, good credit. You, it usually favors people with higher down payments. So 
you know, overall, just a more qualified client. Um, and then it's not ideal to buy units with, right? If you're trying to mm -hmm. come in with a low down payment, that's why I, on the last one I mentioned on duplex on a convention on a FHA loan, only three and a half percent down, which yep. is phenomenal. Amazing. Um, conventional, that's not the case. It's going to be a minimum of 15% down. Um, I will say there is a program conventional that allows you with 3% down. The only issue in Southern California is it has income limits and those income limits make it, honestly, I think it's pretty much impossible yeah. to even qualify mm -hmm. for that 3% down program, right? Um, so yeah, those are, those are the big cons to, to conventional. Yeah. Um, that, those are obviously not that big of cons. The biggest mm -hmm. con there is going to be that you're not able to purchase multi-units with a conventional loan because you're going to need a minimum down payment of 15% for a duplex and then 25% for a triplex and fourplex. So that FHA, you know, 3.5% down for multi-units, it's such an amazing value. Like that's such, it's one of the best ways to purchase real estate. So I definitely don't want anyone to sleep on that. I'm always going to bring that up. Um, Angel, let's talk about, uh, who the conventional loan is ideal for. Yeah. So I'll just touch bases. I mean, I'll touch some points that I already mentioned, but it's just really, the, the, these are the key right here. If you want to go conventional, you want to have the higher FICO scores, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go 720 and above, in my opinion, there's no question that conventional is a, a better option, right? Okay. Unless you're trying to go do trying to buy a multifamily, then yeah, a duplex option with the low down payment FHA is probably going to be your better bet. Gotcha. Um, along with that, if you have the higher down payments, right? Mm -hmm. Once you you know if you coming if you come talk to me and say I want to put ten percent down, 20 percent down, FHA doesn't make sense at that mm -hmm. point. It's going to be a conventional loan, right? Yes. Um, even if you're putting a lower down payment of 5% or 3%, sometimes it makes sense, again, if you have those good credit scores. Um, and then second, it makes sense for people who want to transfer their equity, or lastly, excuse me, it makes sense for people who want to transfer their equity from one property to another. Right? Gotcha. Reason for that is, is kind of on the last point I just touched on, it's a down payment. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're transferring your equity, you're most likely going to come in with a very large down payment. Mm -hmm. So you want to you take advantage of the conventional loan. And that is why they usually say FHA is a first time home buyer program, because when you buy your second home, many times it does not make sense to go FHA. Yeah. Conventional is the best option because you're transferring equity. You're transferring equity, excuse me. Along with that, you since you've been making mortgage payments, usually what happens is your credit scores tend to be higher mm -hmm. than someone who's never had a mortgage before, right? Mm -hmm. So those are all factors that come into play and why conventional makes more sense for someone who's selling and then buying a new home with that equity. Yeah, thank you, Angel. That makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. Um, I want to talk about the conventional and FHA loan limits mm -hmm. quickly. So... This is something that's really important. I think a lot of people have two mistakes when they analyze this. Number one is they think every single county in Los Angeles has the same loan limit, and that's not true. In California, you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah, in California. Every, every <laughs> county in California has the same loan limit, and that's not true, right? In high-cost areas, Los Angeles County, Orange County, the Bay, um, and so forth, you're going to have a maximum loan limit of mm. $970,800 for the conventional loan. Correct. For uh, San Bernardino County and Riverside County, because it's a little bit more of an affordable county, the max loan limit for the conventional loan is 
$200. Now, loan limit is different than purchase price. Loan limit is the amount of money that's being loaned out to you exactly. or lent out to you. Yeah. So that's the number one mistake that people make uh, when they get pre-approved for a loan. Number two is going to be that not all counties have the same loan limit for conventional and FHA. And that's very, very important. So in LA County and Orange County, there's the same loan limit for the FHA loan and conventional loan at $970,800. However, for San Bernardino and Riverside County, the loan limit for the FHA loan is $562,350. But for the conventional loan for these two counties, it's $647,200. Mm-hmm. Something you want to be very, very aware of because if you're trying to purchase you know, a $700,000 home with an FHA loan in Riverside County, just know that you're not going to be able to qualify for that amount because, again, it's $562,350. So unless you're coming out of pocket with that difference, it's, it's not going to make sense, right? So you want to make sure that you're aware of these loan limits for every single county and the difference between a conventional loan limit and the FHA loan limit. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Anthony's spot on with that. And uh, with San Bernardino and Riverside, th- that makes a big difference, right? Yes, huge uh, difference. Huge, huge difference. So um, I don't know why it's so low. I hate the FHA loan limits in, in Riverside <laughs> and San Bernardino because <laughs> it's so expensive there now, right? It's yeah. not what it used to be, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the, you know the cities like Corona, Ontario, Eastvale, those are you know pretty expensive areas mm-hmm. now. Yeah, the Westland Empire. Yeah, you're starting to see LA prices. It's it's nuts. It's insane. Yeah, so a lot of times these clients don't even qualify. FHA clients aren't even qualifying for Riverside, not because they don't have the income, but because the income limit or the um, loan limits don't allow them to go any higher. Yeah. Right. So and I have a client right now. Actually, he's purchasing out in the city of Win- Winchester. And it's at a $600,000 purchase price, but he can only go FHA due to his FICO scores. And he's putting a large down pay, about 5% down. Whereas if he had good FICO scores, he could do 5% down, have a cheaper monthly payment and still purchase with that, with the loan limits over there. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to it, but uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll link, uh, the, I'll link the website that breaks down the loan limits for every single county for FHA and conventional on the YouTube version of this podcast. That way you can take a look at it. I think it's really important to understand these loan limits. Um, and then, Angel, I think the last thing I want to talk about real quickly before I let the homies go and, pers- and continue with your day is um, non-conforming loans. So let's talk about uh, what a jumbo loan is, Angel, quickly. Mm-hmm. And then why they wouldn't qualify as a conventional loan or as a conforming loan. So they don't qualify for a conforming loan because what a jumbo is jumbo loan is, is you're exceeding the loan limits in in those counties. Right. So if you want to, if you want, for example, in LA County, it's $970,800. If you want to lend, if you want us to lend even one penny over that, it's a jumbo loan, right? That's the maximum. You cannot exceed that amount. So with that happen, what happens in that case is with the jumbo loans and a lot of conforming or non-conforming loans is that it's doable. We, you know, you can you can purchase with them. It's just stricter guidelines to get mm-hmm. approved, right? Mm-hmm. So on a jumbo loan, they're going to want you to have a, a higher FICO score. They're going to want you to put a larger down payment. They're going to want to have months of reserves in your bank account. Um, higher debt to income higher, ratio. Uh, lower debt to income ratio. I mean, sorry, lower. Yeah. So it makes it harder to qualify. It's doable for jumbo or there's other non-conforming 
programs out there like you know there's i10 programs there's bank statement programs there's um 1099 programs different things like that they're just going to hire they're going to require better get better credit scores higher down payments and usually sometimes lower higher interest ratios, sometimes higher interest and rates. higher interest rates yeah jumbos yeah. usually don't have too much higher interest rates they're actually about the same but um those other programs the other non-conforming programs are definitely going to have yeah um so like anyone rates. essentially trying to purchase a house <laughs> On the west side, right? West Los Angeles area. We know houses out there are selling 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 million. Yeah. Just on the lower end. So you, <laughs> most of those people are going to be purchasing their homes with a jumbo loan. Mm-hmm. Just, just just know that you're going to be looking at much more strict guidelines mm-hmm. than you're looking that we're talking about today for mm-hmm. the conventional loan. That's, exactly. why I, that's why I wanted to really bring it up because yeah. home prices have gone up quite mm-hmm. a bit. So those people that are looking for those type of yeah. homes, just know that it's going to be a little bit more strict than the guidelines we went over today. Yeah. And with the jumbos and, and all these non-conformings, every bank has their own um, own guidelines on mm-hmm. how, the, how they treat them. So not every one bank is the same with those, whereas conventional, we pretty much all have the same rules. Gotcha. Thank you, Angel, for mm-hmm. answering all these questions. Mm-hmm. Homies, I think you got, uh, I hope you got a lot of education and value out of this conversation with angel and these guidelines we're going over mm-hmm. if you ever have any questions angel where can we find you at at your mortgage angel on instagram at your mortgage angel on instagram you can find us at the love and those group on multiple forms of social media if you haven't already please subscribe to our youtube channel please follow us on spotify apple Podcasts. and with that said i want to wish you all the best take care stay safe y'all thank you hey homies it's anthony This podcast contains my opinions and is for educational purposes only. It does not guarantee any projections and should not serve as a basis for any purchase or sale in real estate.